people say that history repeats itself. Now, you might want to negate that or think that it's not the case. But uh, I want to tell you a couple stories today that are extremely interesting in regards to that. In my last uh, episode, I talked a little bit about how we fall for what everyone else is doing. And a lot of people, Christians I know of, think that that's the kind, loving thing to do. Um, You know, at some point we should probably unpack what love actually looks like before we go throwing it around that we are being loving by um, succumbing to what is evil. Anyway, uh, so I just want to test this. And i got to be honest with you guys, I... Uh, have been challenged by this uh, revelation in the last couple days like I I cannot even describe to you um, how much this kind of blew my mind Um, yeah so I hope it challenges you I hope that you see what I'm saying we're going to go to the Bible my favorite place to find truth and I'm going to show you a couple things the first uh the first thing I want to say, though, is that it, I noticed a, a couple of different places where the people got it wrong, okay? The people got it wrong. The majority was wrong, okay? One of the places, give us Barabbas. Wait, give us Barabbas? Really? Crucify innocent Jesus and give us a murderer? Okay, wrong. I'm going to show you how that happened, Okay. But in the Old Testament, there's also an incredible example when the people say, give us a king. Give us a king. Give us a king. Okay? They were so intent on being, uh, they thought they were right. And um, they thought people, uh, since everybody else was saying that, or their leaders were pushing it. Okay. There are leaders after all. Let's let's get on that bandwagon, okay? So uh, I'm just going to show you that I'm not making this up, okay? <clears throat> um, starting in First uh, Samuel chapter eight, verse four, it says, "Finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old, and your sons are not like you." Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Okay, first problem. Why do they want to be like the other nations? Why do we want to be like everyone else? We want to blend in? Why? Is there truth in blending in? Or is there a crowd going off a cliff? Let's be like all the other nations. You are the chosen people of God. How do you want to go and be like them? So Samuel passed on, uh, I'm sorry, this is verse 6. Samuel was displeased with their request. So he's taken back by the fact that they want to be like everyone else too. And he went to the Lord for guidance. And it says, do everything they say to you. The Lord replied, for it is me they are rejecting, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. 
So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning to the people who were asking him for a king. Now, now get this, guys. <laughs> get this warning, okay? You could have chalked him up to conspiracy theorists, I guess, okay? So, or, or, or someone cynical or paranoid. But Samuel passed on the Lord's warning to the people who were asking him for a king. This is how a king will reign over you, Samuel said. The king will draft your sons and assign them to his chariots and the charioteers, making them run before his chariots. Some of them will be generals and captains in his army. And he goes on, you know, your daughters will be taken. Your, you know, they'll be forced to cook and bake. And, you know, he'll take away the best of your fields, your vendors. You know, he'll take a tenth of all your grain, your grape harvest. He'll take your, your male and female slaves, divan demand the finest of your cattle he will demand a tenth of your flocks and the best of this and that read it for yourself it's all in there a bunch of stuff and then he will demand that you be his slaves when that day comes you will beg for relief from the king you are demanding but then the lord will not help you but verse 19 but the people refused to listen to samuel's warning even so, they said, we still want a king. We want to be like the nations around us. That is the best argument they had for this incredibly um, <laughs> tyranny-like shift, okay? Is that we want to be like the nations around us. We want to be like everyone else. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. So Samuel repeated to the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord replied, do as they say and give them a king. So <laughs> there's another version that, that says, we want the king to fight our battles for us. Okay. Why? What? So we don't believe we're anything in Christ of our own, with our own relationship with God. We... We need someone out there to fight our battles for us. After all, surely they have our best interest in mind. We can trust a king. Even though God himself just warned us that he's going to take, for, take advantage of us and turn us into slaves. No, no, but he'll protect us and, and, and fight our battles for us. Okay, alright, so that's the Old Testament thing. Where the people, they, they got it wrong. They suffered, I mean, if you read the rest of the... Bible chapter books after that it's full of all these rotten kings that ruled at you know Jesus isn't a liar he was trying to warn them that their best bet was him and that they should quit rejecting him for other gods most especially to be like others like other nations like other people alright so the second one is in Matthew 27 And, uh, you know, the people want Barabbas. This year, verse 16, this year a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas, as the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, Quote, leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Okay, there's the warning. There's the warning. Don't do it. 
oh wait that's just cynicism that's paranoia no that's a warning she suffered through a nightmare on purpose and that was his that was his chance but while he's getting this note from his wife it says meanwhile the leading priests and the elders what did they do they persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and Jesus to be put to death so the leading priests these people didn't think for themselves they didn't okay are we thinking for ourselves or are we going with the leading uh, media voices are we going with the the leaders in our church okay if they're outside the Bible I'm sorry but you should be knowing that for yourself if you are depending on them to tell you in the right way then explain to me how these people got it wrong when the leading priests and elders are the ones that persuaded okay they were envious they were envious of Jesus so they persuaded the crowds against him You guys get the the depths of this. If if we can grasp what I'm trying to say, it, it's so intense. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, okay, I, I talked about that. His wife, okay, so they give, a, hey, put him to death, whatever. So then Pilate asks again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Then Pilate responded, What should I do with the, with Jesus who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, Crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? Okay, so the truth was Jesus had not committed any crime. Even Pilate could see that. And he didn't understand how or why these people wanted to go to that kind of extreme. But the leaders persuaded, and that's what everybody started shouting. So they just joined in and started shouting. But they got it wrong. They got it wrong. Now, obviously, we know that Jesus had to die on the cross for all of us to to be free. And and God can work good out of anything. Thank him for that. But it's time for us to understand and wake up and realize that just because everyone else is doing it, just because the church leaders are doing it, just because whatever, that is not the case. Now, it's not, it's not necessarily what's best. It's not the truth. So for me personally, I have had some, uh, some struggle with the whole Trump thing. Okay. I, I, let me just go there for a second. Okay. I have never liked Trump. Um, prior to any of this stuff, I thought he was a womanizer. All I knew of him was saying that he, you know, you're fired and, you know, just not a good dude in my opinion. Right. But we have to understand that that is only my opinion. And God has shown us in, in his word so many times over and over how he uses whoever he wants, regardless of whatever all the people's opinions are. So a couple verses I'm going to throw out there, okay? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Do we really think we can comprehend uh, (laughs) better than God what he's going to do? Now, 
let me just put this out there right now. I am not even now a, a huge Trump advocate, okay? But I'm telling you that I have been challenged by the Holy Spirit in the last couple of days to consider where my own fallacies might be in regards to uh, who am I to question God, okay? Who am I to question God and his prophets, okay? That's another thing. The Bible says we know uh, that, you know, if someone's a true prophet, by if their prophecies come true. Well, I happen to know that uh, one of the first guys that that prophesied anything about Trump, um, you know, first of all, he's no longer here to even take the glory for it, uh, for, you know, 75 plus percent of his prophecies coming true so far. So that's kind of hard to argue with when the Bible says that's how we're supposed to know. Okay. We, it, it doesn't say we can know who the true prophets are based on whether or not they say something we like. The Bible shows us over and over that people hated what the prophets said all the time. It wasn't their way. It, it, it wasn't what they would have done. It didn't seem right. Okay. All right. So let's just... Okay. So the, the prophet who has had his prophecies come true said some things about Trump. And I've, I've, I've tried to open my mind to possibilities about God using Trump because of that prophecy. Because I want to believe what God's doing, not, not what I think. And I can tell you right now that there's people out there saying... People are worshiping Trump. They're making an idol out of him, blah, blah, blah. Okay, first of all, if there is people doing that, that is their problem. That is their problem. Anybody can make anything into an idol. Um, David was used by God in a mighty, mighty way. He was not a perfect man. You could say he was a womanizer. You could say he was cocky. You could say, you could say a lot of things. But people made songs about him. People are... Talk about what you could have from a religious standpoint said, you know, that's idolatry. You're worshiping David instead of God. There probably was some people who, who did look to David more than God. Okay. So we can't negate that some people might be off on that, but just because those people were doing that to David didn't mean that God wasn't trying to use him and wasn't using him. I mean, he, he, he was using him. So wouldn't it be the same with Trump if God's prophet has, has said some things about Trump? Should we not look at that, even if we think he's a womanizer, he's power hungry, he's all these things? First of all, if we're going to judge people by their past, then why is anybody reading anything Paul has to say? I mean, talk about a guy that people could have the right to hate when he's killing these people's family members. I mean... He, people had to realize that God's ways were not their ways. And he chose a guy like Paul who had literally had a reputation for being evil to Christ followers. Okay. And God used him in a huge way. In a huge, huge way. Okay. So. What I'm trying to get at is, who are we to say, nope, God's not using that guy, it's the wrong guy because he's done this, 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 or because people are worshiping him, or because whatever. If you are worshiping Trump, stop it, okay? (laughs) God is our hope, 
he's our victory. He's our savior. Um, if he's using Trump to, to, to be his hand in, in our country, let him get on board with that. Uh, don't despise him the way that the people in, in the Bible despised the prophets. Don't worship him the way that the people in history worshiped a king. Okay? But understand that if God is going to use him, that is his prerogative to do. Who in the world do we think we are to question what God's doing? And now I'm just going to tell you what a challenge this actually is for me because I personally have had a pretty intense problem with a couple of things that Trump has done. And I'm going, God, seriously, how can you know what you're doing when this is the case? And, and, and I don't even want to get into the specifics about that, but I want you to understand that this is coming from someone who has struggled with the Trump thing. Like, oh yeah, he's done these good things, but over here, oh my, not, not so good. I don't understand. So can I trust God? Can I trust that God's ways are bigger than my own? Can I trust his prophets when, when all I've got to go by is the fact that he said, you can know my prophets when what they say comes true. So when somebody has 75% of what they said comes true and the other, what the other 25%, what it's not going to happen because God stopped there. He's not going to finish. You know, what is this? So I am open to God adjusting my mind more to what the truth is about that. I pray against being deceived politically especially uh, and really spiritually in any other way as much as possible and the more I've prayed against deception the more I feel like I have I, I have been led to potentially swallow a pill that my religious judgmental self doesn't really want to taste okay so I'm right there with you if you're having some struggles with this. But let's not get it wrong this time. Let's not get on a bandwagon of shouting what everybody else is shouting and say, give us masks, give us vaccines, give us tyranny, give us gender choice, okay? The people have it wrong, just like they did in Matthew 27, just like they did in 1 Samuel 8. The people have it wrong. Are we going to join them? Or are we going to go to our only hope and say, God, you can do whatever you want, but give us victory. Give us people to come into your kingdom. And if this is the end and tyranny is going to take over and whatever else, God can work in the middle of that too. So this has been a challenge in my spirit and I hope that you can hear through the Holy Spirit, what I'm trying to relay to you as far as when God blows our minds, it's okay. That means he's leading us into truth. And that needs to be okay. Love you guys. Have fun with this one. See you next time.